All right, guys, uh, welcome back to another episode of RDU Black. My name is Devashi. And I'm Aisha. Um, Aisha, I have a question for you. Um, what are some of your phobias or fears? Oh, gosh. Um, well, if anybody knows me, you know I'm, I hate spiders. Whoa. Spiders are one of my biggest fears. It's not for me. It's not really spiders. It's just anything that crawls on me. It used to be <laughs> ants, spiders, bugs, flies, anything of that nature. It's not really a fear. I just hate them. So it's. it's I'm not really scared of them. It's just a ladybug. No, ladybugs, butterflies, <laughs> any mm-mm, anything that's creepy and crawly. I'm a good. Ladybug is that creepy? Worms, uh, snakes, <laughs> anything that can just sliver on my skin because I'm very ticklish. So, oh. and I have sensitive skin as well. So it's like I, I I can get infected so easily, you know, and I just swell up like a daggone um peach. So no, none none of those things, especially like when you down south, those bugs be like. Ooh. Yeah, I was about to say, like, how did you even grow up in the South? I'm mean, we surrounded by bugs all the I time. I, honestly, I only, I kind of grew up in the South. Even though I'm from Kinston, my dad was in the military, so he just moved around a lot. So um, anytime that my parents weren't having um, a so good marriage, we just moved back to North Carolina. Gotcha. Okay. Makes they were sense. separated twice, and they got divorced. So every time that that would happen, we would just move back to North Carolina. So... But I've lived in, in different spots in North Carolina. So Jacksonville, Raleigh Durham, um, I lived in Cherry Point, which is Havelock, um, North Carolina, Goldsboro, um, and yeah, in Kansas, yeah. of course. So we just uh we moved around a lot. But so when I was younger, my biggest fear was dying. Like I had a fear, like I, I and I still kind of think about it now. This is before you know I, I found Christ. Um, right. <laughs> it was just like sitting like that time when I just ceased to exist. Mm. Like how I'm feeling right now, I'm just not gonna feel. I'm not gonna feel anything for the rest of eternity. It's really interesting that you had that those feelings as a kid because I always felt like opposite, like not really caring about it as a kid because when you're young you think you have the rest of your life so you're like I don't know exactly what you were doing but I'm jumping off a cliff I'm riding <laughs> my bikes up and down mountains like I'm running across the road playing chicken and cars are like doing all this like life-threatening stuff that if my like parents knew that I was doing or my grandma knew I was doing they'd probably have a heart attack but like just like adventurous just doing what kids do um and never really had those thoughts as a kid and you know, I did. I, I was a weird kid then. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, because I, I, I just I had, I don't know. It was just, it was one of those things of, uh, I always had a fascination with um, age. Yeah. And although I've never wanted to be any older or any younger than I was right at that moment. And that's mm-hmm. still like, I've never wanted to be older when I was younger. No, and now I'm older. I've never f- wanted to be younger. I really embrace the age that I'm in. Wow. And that's that's not everybody, of course. You know, I can't wait till I'm 18. That. That's right. Yeah. It's like, it's like, oh my God, I'm about to turn 30. Oh, my my oh. brother is turning 29 this year. And he's like, oh, oh my God, I'm, I'm getting old. I'm like, whew, what you going to do at 40? Right. I, for me, <laughs> it was 21. Like, at that time, you know, I'm a preteen and well, I, I was a teenager, preteen to teenage years. I cannot wait to be 21. Like that was the year I wanted to shop because my mom wouldn't let me shop in Forever 21. So when I had, you know, a little money to go to the store, you can go anywhere else, but you can't go in Forever 21 because the clothes were like, they were sexy, right? They were for girls who were older. And so I liked that it was revealing. I was like, oh, I can't wait to wear a cute little black dress and go to the bar and wear heels like 21 was like, I can't wait. Like, I, so I'm here, I am at like 11 years old, but like, I can't wait till I'm 21. Like, just oh my goodness, wanting to just live a lavish lifestyle. Cause I just thought that once you got to that age, like, you were just like free to do anything you want. I just didn't realize you got to have money to do that <laughs> stuff. So. so I was today's, today's um, date. As far as age, I was today's years old when I just made the correlation of Forever 21 yeah. is for 
20 to feel like you're 21 forever. Forever. Why 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 did I ever make that connection before right now? I'm like, why were you waiting for Forever 21? Just go to Forever 21. <laughs> Duh, it's for 21 year olds. Yeah, and I think that like people shop there, like definitely people shop there in high school, but my mom just like wouldn't let me. So it wasn't a place I didn't actually get to I got to walk through there, but I didn't actually get to buy anything until I went to college. When wow. I went to college, I was able to buy like clothes, you know, because I was on my own. And, and that was your store. I went with for, for Forever 21. I was like, oh yeah. Like all my friends, like we was all shopping there. I'm like, just couldn't wait. So that was <laughs> do you still shop there now? This. I was thinking about being Forever 21. Did you do you still shop there now? Uh occasionally. Now that I'm an old millennial, I really don't like going to the mall that much. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, same. Right. Um, but um, so I, I guess the older I get, um, like mortality becomes uh, it just becomes a, a question. Like uh, my mother is turning 60 this year, and um just kind of watching her um just get more and more seasoned and um really taking the time. Okay. I have to start thinking a little different because um, my generation, we didn't really talk about um, what happened after uh, you're gone from this er this uh, earth. Cause when my grandmother passed, I was what? 26, 25, 26. And my mom, she, um, in those last couple of, um, weeks to months, she sat with my grandmother in the hospital. Like she took off her work and everything. Um, but my grandmother didn't really have the best life insurance. You know, mm -hmm. um, a lot of those medical bills were like handed down um, to her, my mom and the rest of the family because she just was not stacked like she needed to be. And so, um, I mean, we, we still were able, we need, we ain't do no GoFundMe's. But <laughs> it could have been a whole lot better, you know, um, for what because a lot of those people don't realize a lot a lot of that debt, it don't go away, it just gets transferred. No, it does not. And, and I think that's like that's like that is like the story. That is a story of almost everyone's grandma. Like I can't think about the the how many times I've heard that story within the black community. And it's like there's this lack of caring, um, you know, really for the older generation, and it's not like I said, it's not about people being irresponsible. It's about the lack of knowledge. What do I need to do to set myself up so that my family doesn't have to go through that? What do I need to do to set my up so my kids are not doing GoFundMes and trying to raise money to pay for my own funeral? I mean, like that is the a common story um, that I will really love to just kind of like end with our generation because we are more equipped, we're knowledgeable, mm -hmm. and we've hired financial advisors to be able to help us in these situations. So our parents are set. So when mm -hmm. that time comes, nobody wants to talk about that that time. But listen, Big Mama is going to die one day. <laughs> she is. She and is. I mean, and, 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 she's the matriarch. She's she's the the rock. I get it because the same way in my family. But but let's have the conversation. Let's have the conversation. I told my mom. I had a conversation with my mom. It, it was last year, and um, especially during the pandemic and all of that. I was like, no, we have to sit down and let's 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 talk about this. Um, because I think my grandmother was maybe what 65, 66 when she passed. So she was still young. And my, my mom was turning 60. And although that's not old, um, old, old, you know, she, she ain't no. Joe Biden old. Um <laughs> <laughs> but um <laughs> but it's like we had to have those conversations so we, we we sat down and you know talked about some things but at that time she didn't really have any life insurance and um i was like i asked my sister i asked my brother y'all have life insurance they don't even have health insurance they don't even have, i'm like i think it's just insurance in general that our people just it's like we're just fearful of it or we just don't really think about it people out here just you know driving dirty you know i did it for a year i did you know that was back oh, in 2013 I, too. <laughs> I mean, you have to do what you have to do sometimes but but the 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 when you know better you do better yes. and those temporary moments are okay but when you're doing it for 10 15 years and you just like out here and not protecting yourself you're not only being irresponsible about yourself but about others as well because someone's going to have to take care of you someone's going to have to help pay that bill if even just thinking about your documents, 
get your documents together. So, and, and give it to somebody that you trust and that you mm -hmm. love. And so if something happens to you, they can find out where all the copy is of your insurance. Where Where's yeah. your money at? Where's your money put up? Who are your doctors? Who do you go to? Who prescribes your prescription? Who gives you your medicine? Like get yourself together. Outside of your own work insurance. And because people don't realize mm -hmm. that there are certain clauses inside of your health and um, life insurance yeah. policies in your job that depending on how you may leave this earth, you may or may not get that money that you supposedly have been paying into. So like, really setting yourself up. So I just came to realization. I said, if y'all ain't getting insurance policies on you, I'm going to get insurance policies out on you because guess who's your debt won't come to. It won't come yeah, to that's he. Right. I know that's right. Him won't be, won't be paying your, your, um, your credit card bills that you didn't want to pay while you were yet living as your own, just in case, you know, I, I live a bit, a little bit longer. My mama, she says she want to live until she is 99 years old. She says she wants to wake up on her 99th birthday and going to be with the Lord. I said, okay, that's wonderful. I just got to make sure you got some good life insurance, okay? Right. <laughs> okay. There will not be no going for me. trying to talk to a 99-year-old. And, you know, we of course we pray everyone is as good and healthy and in their right mind, but we don't know that. So imagine trying to talk to a 99-year-old and ask a mom, where's your paperwork? <laughs> you didn't just say, mom. <laughs> Cause you know you're gonna have to say it loud. You know you're gonna have to yell. <laughs> oh! <laughs> you know you're gonna have to yell it because they're gonna be 99. They don't know what's That's going true. on. You know, so imagine it's just it. It doesn't make sense. So. Yeah, so this episode that we're going to be talking about, we're really going to be diving into um, some of those questions about just insurance. And we're talking about all insurance, not just life, um, not just auto, not just uh, health, not just um, me any any medical anything. So, yeah, stay tuned, you guys, because this uh, young man, very young man, very young, man. <laughs> he's going to be um, dropping some good gems that everybody needs to hear. All right. Yes, so excited for you guys. So make sure you tune in. Thank you for coming back week after week um, and tap into this episode. All right, we'll take a break. We'll be right back. Hey guys, this is the Bay Ship RDU Black Podcast. Make sure you're following us on Facebook and Instagram. You can find us on the handle at RDU Black Podcast. That's R-D-U-B-L-K Podcast. We post regularly, so make sure you stay connected. Okay, guys, uh, welcome back to the, another good episode of RDU Black Podcast. Aisha, this is going to be an interesting one today. It is. I'm actually really excited. I love this topic. Uh, I have um, not really been scared of this topic, but um, I, it's the older you get, the more it becomes more relevant. Trust Absolutely. me. That is so true. Um, I was able to participate in an awesome program about two years ago at the River uh, Church in Durham. So shout out to my hometown church. Well, well, Durham is like home to me. So this is my home, my hometown church. You are from <laughs> Um, And uh, they were, our church was actually able to offer this great program um, regarding financial literacy called the River Wealth Institute. And so I'm very thankful for that. And that really helped jumpstart um, everything that I really needed to be a real adult, like saving money and getting life insurance and building wealth. And yeah, just making sure I have all of my ducks in a row, um, open up an IRA account and 401k and just monitoring these things that I really didn't think that much about because like any other young adult, I think I have the rest of my life to figure all this out. Um, and that's not always the case. You're absolutely right. So I'm going to go ahead and um, bring up our, our guest today. Um, we want to, again, thank you guys for being loyal listeners and holding us down every week. Um, today we have Kenny Jones, a graduate of the illustrious North Carolina A&T University. He is a licensed agent in North Carolina, South Carolina, and Georgia. His passion is to empower and educate the community of the importance of protecting one's assets and life. Another passion that Kenny holds dear to his heart is coaching and training future and current agents. Kenny has a YouTube channel, Kenny J TV, which he uses to create 
video content with vital information on social media to reach as many individuals who are interested in pursuing the insurance profession. Kenny is equally passionate about giving back to his community, which he has partnered with several organizations who specialize in mental health, substance use disorders, and individuals diagnosis diagnosed with Alzheimer's because of his experience with his grandmother. In his spare time, he enjoys traveling, gaining more knowledge about the insurance industry. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Kenny J. How you doing, guys? What's welcome. up, Mr. What's up, Mr. Kenny J, Mr. Uh, YouTube? How you doing? How you doing? Doing <laughs> wonderful. So, man, uh, we just want to kind of just dive into it really, really quickly and uh, just kind of let us know about who is Kenny J and uh, what is it that you do out here in the RDU area? Okay, yeah. So, I went to A&T and after I, I graduated from A&T, I actually worked for Enterprise. Um, it was a cool job at first. I was a sales manager, but I got very stagnant, you know, with the politics and things like that in corporate America. You deal a lot of that. Um, then the pandemic came and I had the opportunity to take a paid leave and I didn't really know what I wanted to do next. But after being, you know, outside of work for about four to five weeks, I said, I want to do something on my own. I want to be an entrepreneur. Both of my parents are serial entrepreneurs. They built multi-million dollar businesses. And I know I wanted to follow their footsteps in that. So I came across insurance. A lot of people don't know that insurance in the financial services industry has the most millionaires out of any other industry in the world. So I know I wanted to be a part of that. It's a $7.04 trillion industry and only 3% is African-American. So we all need insurance, but we're not the ones that are educating and providing that to our people. So I wanted to just be that change that I wanted to see. Nice, man. So um, what types of what different types of insurances um, do you actually specialize in? I know there are some some people who only do this area, some only do that area, but um, which ones do you actually specialize in? Any type of insurance that you could possibly think of, I do. I've done wedding insurance. I've done, of course, homeowners insurance, life insurance, health insurance. Um, and the reason that I did that is because I wanted to never have to turn away business. You know, if I'm just doing life insurance and then a friend calls me and says, hey, Kenny, I need some homeowners insurance and I'm not licensed. It's like I'm turning away free money. So I wanted my my agency to be kind of like the jack of all trades and be able to insure any and everybody. And what I usually say is, you know, if you're breathing, I can insure you. So any type of insurance that you could possibly think of, I'm able to to write that up for you. Which one would you say is your, your I guess, your go-to or your favorite? I'm sure everybody, just like kids, they, people say you don't have a favorite kid, but you have a favorite kid. Trust yeah, me. Yeah, definitely. Have one. Uh, <laughs> so, it, it's definitely a tie. So life insurance, because of our people, are the lack of knowledge that we have. And we're not you know, raised the saying, like, you need life insurance when you get a certain age or things like that. And we're not taught to build that generational wealth. So definitely that, as well as um, business insurance. So a lot of Black-owned businesses are out here, and they don't have insurance on their business. And God forbid a lawsuit happens, and now they're coming for their personal assets and their business is dissolved because they don't have insurance to cover you know, the lawsuit. And insurance for a business can be anywhere from like 30 to $50 a month and can cover you up to $2 million. But because of the lack of knowledge that we have, we're not getting that insurance because we think it's way more expensive than it actually is. Uh, since we're kind of like talking about um, black owned businesses, um, can you kind of like dive in a little bit what that means for insurance for the black owned business or really business in general? Say that one more time. I said, so if we're talking about black owned businesses and the need to have um, insurance for your business, what does that really mean? Um, what, what are you actually insuring? Really, it's for like liability. So if I own a, let's say I own a business and I cut grass for people, you're like I don't need insurance, but you do. Let's say I'm cutting the grass for Miss Sally and then a rock goes under my lawnmower and it, you know, catapults into a window and, and it, it, you know, ruins her window. Now somebody has to pay for it. It's not her fault. She hired your business to cut her grass. And now either you're going to come out of pocket or your insurance is going to pay for it. So you're always covering third party liability. The most common type of insurance that a business can have in the base is called a general liability policy. It covers any type of, if you ruin any premises that's rented to you, if you um, have any medical payments that 
you know, you have to pay out. All that is covered under that general liability insurance policy. Okay. So it's pretty much just similar like a car. Just, yeah. You're much. just uh, preparing for the inevitable. Um, I think f for me, um, I, I definitely have life and I have health, um, property, apartment, um, but I don't, I don't have business insurance. So that's something definitely I know personally I'm going to, have to be looking out for. What about you, Aisha? No, same here. Yeah, I, I've looked at, you know, I look at different insurance um, for venues for events and for other vendors, but I never really consider myself to be a vendor because technically my service is myself versus coming and setting up equipment or dropping off rentals or, or, or cooking food for people. So I never really thought about that. That's a really yeah. good point. Yeah. A lot of times people uh, kind of do get that confused. They'll hear about the general liability, but it's also something called professional liability. And for doctors, it's called medical malpractice. And then for most other professions, it's called errors and omissions. So for me, I have professional liability insurance on my business. So let's say I, I, un Improperly, is that a word? If I incorrectly, <laughs> if I, if I we making up words, it's fine. Right, 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 right. If if I incorrectly insure somebody, my professional liability will cover that. I've seen time and time again where insurance agents don't correctly insure like an accountant, and then he gets sued from his client because he wasn't properly insured, and now he's going to insure, he's going to sue that insurance agent. So you have to have professional liability to cover yourself. And people like um, wedding planners and things like that have professional liability because if something that you do wrong, a lawsuit's going to be out against you. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good point. Well, you got us thinking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I noticed that you said um, you made a point where you were, you were saying your parents are both serial entrepreneurs and you were in a position where you got paid leave and you decided to go um, and to basically start your own thing. And uh, you, that's whenever it kind of clicked for you that you wanted to be an entrepreneur. But one thing that I feel like business owners really like never talk about is the inconsistent income. Um, so as an as an entrepreneur, as um, someone who sells various types of insurance, um, we kind of all have a general idea of like kind of what that job is like. And you're really going out to get business and you're trying to attract people um, and to sell them really on a service for the benefit of themselves. Um, so my question is, how do you deal with inconsistent income? Um, yeah, that's the question. How do you deal with that? Well, thankfully for me, I have multiple streams of income. The goal is to get to seven. The average millionaire has seven streams of income. So like uh, I get paid from YouTube. I get paid from coaching calls, consulting with different companies in regards to insurance. So thank God I haven't had to touch any money that has been made by my business. And that's kind of the goal that I want to continue. Oh, wow. Um, and and that, that was always my mindset, you know, especially being raised by entrepreneurs like that. And I'm saying that if, if something goes left, it's like you have other other uh, ventures. And just like the pandemic has showed a lot of us, if you just have one stream of income, you're literally one step away from poverty. Because if you lose that job, that's, that's end all be all. So I wanted to have multiple streams of income. And that's one thing that I worked very hard on when I did have my paid leave to just create those multiple streams so that I would never have to, you know, stress and say, well, if I don't sell this today, how am I going to eat type thing? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a really good point. Um, so with that being said, can you give us an insight on how you budget your income and savings with, um, with an income that varies? Like you said, you got multiple streams of income coming in. Um, so kind of give us an app without getting too personal, kind of yeah. like an outline of how you, you budget your finance. Cause this is another area that I feel like some black entrepreneurs kind of struggle with just starting off. And like you said, it's not lack of responsibility. It's really sometimes lack of education and knowledge, or some people are doing it for the first time. Like you have great parents that can lead the example for you. And you kind of can go off of like what they've done and, and call them up for and ask for advice. But some people don't have that as a resource. So budget wise, when you kind of sit down at the end of the month what are, kind of tell us like a little bit about what you're looking for maybe some dr drops and percentages kind of where you allocate different things um and what do you feel like it's like the most important thing for you to track budget wise and just some things and red flags for um those to look out for yeah the the biggest piece of advice i could give is live below your means i see so many times people are traveling out here and their lights aren't on <laughs> people people get their tax return and now they're going to buy a 50 inch TV every year. I don't get it. It's like you're not handling 
what you have to do at home. And even when I was younger and I was working at a fossil, which is like a watch store, and I would see all the time parents would come in and they would buy their, their kids really, really expensive Christmas gifts and they wouldn't have enough money to pay their bills. And they're like, let me check my account to make sure I have this, that, and the third. Yes, as parents, I know you want to give your kids everything that you didn't have growing up, but you still don't have it. <laughs> and now, no, you're, now you're sacrificing your bills to make your kids happy. But at the end of the day, you're not teaching your child financial literacy. You're not showing them that you have to prioritize and sometimes sacrifice to get to a, a better place later in life. So I definitely live way below my means. I mean, any any week I live off of like a hundred dollars after my bills are paid. Um, and I just budget that pretty much and all the other money goes in my savings or I invest and things like that. So I always live below my means because I'm, I mean, if you, you know, am I out here buying Gucci shoes or whatever, and I'm impressing people that don't even matter or really don't even care, you know, they'll see it on Instagram, they'll double tap it. And then what do I get this val- some type of validation that they, <laughs> that they like my shoes? Now what? Now I'm sitting here with no lights on, no food with Gucci shoes on. Okay. That's well, right. That doesn't really make too much sense, you know? <laughs> It really doesn't. Right. It's really it really doesn't. Unfortunately, that's like our, you know, our generation is those are the things that we look forward to because social media is just kind of taken over in a way. Right. Everything is so like amplified and you feel that you have to show everything, you have to post everything. Like, wow, people are really outside, and then you feel like you need to go to outside, right? Outside, right? But like if you can't afford it, if it doesn't fit in your budget, if you have to spread things out, then that's fine. Um, so thank you for sharing that. You bring up some really good points. Thank you. So you're a black man in the business area that our community doesn't always look at as a viable option for self-employment. What was it about insurance that made it a lucrative field in your eyes? Before I went on my own, I worked for State Farm and I saw how much money I was making, but I saw the percentages of what I was making was super small. So I knew that if I went on my own, I would make more money. And I've always wanted to be an entrepreneur and I knew I had to make it work. You know, I definitely prayed and I seeked out God to, you know, see, is this the way you want me to go? And it was. And, you know, when, when I have a plan A, if you have a plan B, you're, you're honestly failing. I mean, you're planning to fail plan A. So I just wanted to have that plan A and I wanted to put all my eggs in one basket, which they tell you not to do, but it's worked out well for me. And I don't regret it. I'm, I'm super happy waking up every day, working for myself, not answering to anybody and being able to you know, run my business the way that I want to run it. And I'm th- very thankful for all the jobs I've had, good and bad, because it's taught me how to run a business and also how not to run a business. So all those different experiences that I have have really helped mold me to you know, the business owner I am today. So um, many people think that um, you have to go the route of college and land the right job, get the right promotion, and then success just magically happens. And although um, you did go to college yourself and you're now your own business owner that could, you have started what you're doing now at 18 years old. Do you think if you would have found insurance earlier that you would have been a little further along than you are now? Or are you happy about the journey that life has taken you? I am happy about the journey just because of my network uh, with school. I, I feel like if I would have just went into insurance right out of college, I grew up in an all white area. Um, leave it at that. And, um, <laughs> and and I didn't know a lot of successful black people. So my market wouldn't have been as successful. But now I'm you know, writing policy for business owners, for doctors, for lawyers, for nurses, different people like that. And so that's the type of network that I wanted to be a part of. Yes, I didn't need college, but the network is something that I truly benefited off of. Over 50% of my um, clients are people that came from my university or people that I networked with while I was in college. And it gave me a sense of uh, confidence as a black man. You know, growing up in a all white area, I wasn't as confident because, you know, you feel like you are the minority, which you are. And I felt like I was somewhat less than them. But then going to a college and I call it Wakanda, where you're in this magical land for three, four, five years, however long you're there, it gives you a sense of confidence that truly nobody can take away from you. It was okay. It was A&T. <laughs> the greatest, the greatest <laughs> in all the land. I don't know if it's the greatest <laughs> in all the land. Uh-oh. It's pretty cool. But, you know, I, I went to North Carolina Central University. Oh, Thank God. you, sir. Dirty birds. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, okay. Filthy dogs. I mean, if, if you want to fight, we can fight. <laughs> no, no. But um, I, I think that's really cool that because um, we've talked to other people who um, prim- 
primarily have a background with HBCUs and um, really building that sense of community and also connection. Um, it really aided in the progression of their business. And I, I think that uh, that's a common thread for a lot of um, Black-owned businesses is really finding who that tribe is and um, kind of building from there. And I'm pretty sure you kind of reach from that tribe to um, really start Remedy Insurance. And I, can you kind of really tell us about that story, about how that all came together and the partnerships that you made? Yeah, so Remedy, it, it goes back to my grandfather that's passed away. He had a nonprofit, which was like Remedy. He, the name of it was Remedy. And, and essentially, I just took that name and kind of rebranded it just in his legacy. And I have the remedy for your insurance needs, you know. Mm -hmm. And the different partnerships that I've made have been immaculate. And what's it, what has helped me a lot get different partnerships and things like that are just marketing myself content wise. Like on my Instagram, I market insurance, but I market in a, a lifestyle way. So essentially it's not like me just saying, do you need car insurance? I can save you 30%. It's more so like <laughs> one of my pictures is I'm, I'm at the coffee shop. I had a photographer with me and I was on my laptop and just saying like, you know, working from home can get uh, draining and it's, it's important to switch up your scenery, go to a coffee shop and things like that. And, and I talk about the flexibility of insurance. So I'm constantly posting content in regards to insurance but it's not like in your face like buy this insurance from me it's more so this is my lifestyle because this is my business and this is who i am so i've created a lot of partnerships from that as well as youtube you know consistency is key and i had a youtube before my insurance but i was never consistent and once i picked up insurance i started my insurance youtube in july of last year and ever since july of last year i have not missed a week of posting and the Woo! consistency Right, it's just rough. I and know it's rough. I tried. Listen, I tried. I only got three episodes out, <laughs> and I said this is too much. It, it's a <laughs> lot, but it, the consistency it shows, and then YouTube will start picking up the algorithm, and then one thing led to another, and then here I am today. So you know, anything you do, business or any type of you know social media platforms you have, consistency really is key to you know going to that next level. Yeah, I'm, I'm guessing you're a millennial, right? Are you a Gen Z or you're I'm, Gen Z, I'm Gen Z. I'm 23. Okay, so you're Gen oh, wow. Z. Mm, okay, so you're <laughs> literally um, you're completely tapped into social media. You guys um, that are listening, you have to go follow his YouTube channel, Kenny JTV. Look him up if you have any questions. He also he does a weekly um, posting and he also does live streams. Um, so if you have questions, he has answers. But Ken, Kenny, um, can you tell our listeners the importance of having a consistent social media presence and how that aids to how your business has garnered success? Yes. Uh, consistency, as I said, is key. And people can't support you. People can't buy from you if they don't know that you're out there. If I were to, you know, when I got into insurance, if I'd never made a post, how would people know to reach out to me? You know, and if you're consistently posting, but making it not in their face, but more so just making it natural and making it a part of your, your lifestyle. And a lot of people ask, should I make a page for my personal and should I make a page for my business? I always say no, because you are your business and you want mm -hmm. to give the raw and authentic side of you as well. You know, people on my YouTube following on Instagram, they just don't, they don't want to just see YouTube Kenny or they don't want to just see insurance Kenny. They want to see, you know, when I go to the beach or they want to see when I'm out with friends as well. So I want to give them all aspects because I am a human being at the end of the day and that's helped me tremendously i i get messages weekly daily of people needing insurance because of my consistent posting on social media so no matter what type of business you're in don't be ashamed don't be embarrassed you just have to ask you know ask for the sale but ask for it in a very tasteful way don't dm everybody but hey do you need like that's annoying and that's weird <laughs> like you know just just post and, and market and find different ways to market it's different Books out here, different websites, different, even different podcasts and YouTube videos out here that you can look at to see how to correctly, you know, market your type of business. Because marketing does depend on what type of business you have as well. Yeah, I I totally agree with that. I am, um, I am millennial, but I am a millennial that's kind of getting like tired of social media. However, I know that I have to have it to like thrive and survive. But I um. And I haven't got to your level yet, but I am someone that has also multiple streams of income. So I manage social media for other people. Okay. So I don't ever want to post for myself because I'm just tired of like looking at screens. Um, <laughs> but I have noticed that like our generation will like before we 
this might be bad, but before we go to a website, before we like go look up your Facebook page, like we're going to your Instagram, like we're going to see what you're posting. Right. When's the last time like you posted a story? Are you, are, did you go live? You know, we want to see all of that. And like, if you are an active, like if you haven't posted anything since December, I probably won't actually follow you or exactly. I probably won't actually even reach out to you to book anything because I'm like, dang, you haven't really posted anything in a while. That shows me you're not active or or it could be the opposite. You might be too busy for me. So it's it's very weird how we kind of um, process. It's not weird. It's just um, science It's very different. You know how we process this. And so you do have to think about uh, what you're posting, how often you're putting things out. And like you said, consistency is key. So I definitely agree with you on that. And that's like kicking myself in the butt. Like, okay, she need to do some more. Right. <laughs> and, then, and then that goes into like scheduling as well. Like a lot of times yeah. my YouTube videos, I'll record once a month, but then I'll schedule out for the whole month. So I don't have to continuously post. And even on Instagram, I have like captions for all my posts for the rest of the year already in my phone and the pictures. It's just me scheduling when to post them. So then I'm not always thinking of new ideas and I have time to re like reboot and, and, and refocus. Because if you're constantly coming up with new content and then posting it when you come up with it, that's it's very draining. I did that with YouTube at first and I was literally burning out. So I started, you know, doing what's called um, batch recording or batch content where you just record all of it one day and then you spread it out for, for the month. I totally agree with that. Um, so I, I tried that. That didn't work for me. <laughs> <laughs> I did. Well, at least it you tried. Not work, it did not work for him. No, because once I got all that back, I said, I have all this batch of content. Well, actually, no, it really wasn't that. It's just I was trying to record. So I was trying to do this um, uh, cooking show, but I had to like record it in segments. So it's like I had all of this content because I was getting multiple angles. So it's like, it's like every time I would like, I have to change here, change there, change here, change. It was just, then I was like, edit. once it was done, it was two and a half hours worth of content. Oh, Who's going to edit that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a lie. You're like, yeah, you Not know what? Me. Forget it. Forget it. Like. And although we are like sticking here because he's our first YouTuber, I think someone who's yeah, like consistently are. on oh. YouTube. And so, um, yeah, I mean, you're a Gen Z, so it makes sense. So, <laughs> <laughs> but um, I, I really wanted to kind of like maybe just um, kind of steer a little bit back to uh, insurance and how people, especially in our community, there's a lot of misconceptions out there as far as um, different types of insurance uh, and also insurance agents. What would you say is the biggest misconceptions about those? that life insurance is way more expensive than what it actually is. But a lot of times you have uh, ill-informed insurance agents that don't really know what they're talking about. And I've seen time and time again where older people had insurance and it pretty much ran out and now they can't get insurance anywhere else um, or it's super expensive and they can't afford it. And a lot of times insurance agents will insure you based off of their pockets and how much money they can make. So they're doing it pretty much to benefit them and not benefit you. So it's always important to ask questions and truly understand what you're buying. Because if you don't understand what you're buying or they're going too fast, the next thing you know, you're signing on a line and now you're paying money. And you don't even know what you have or who it's with or how much it is. Then it's like, what is the point? Right now in the U.S., it's $1.2 billion in unclaimed life insurance payout because wow. if people die, they don't know, their beneficiary, their family doesn't know who the life insurance with or they don't even know that they have life insurance. Wow. So, yeah. Wow. Um, so as an insurance agent, I'm sure you're literally talking to people every day and all day. How important is it to make sure people know exactly what they're getting into to be successful? Like for insurance wise? Yeah, insurance wise. Because you have some people that's like, okay, I, I may want to get into it, but maybe I'm not the most people person, you know, but this is, you're really selling yourself. And I don't think people realize that part of it. Yeah, insurance is not for the weak. Uh, but the beautiful thing about insurance is that it's multiple entities to insurance. So I work in sales of insurance, but there's also claims where you deal with people that get in accidents or losses and you deal with them. But then there's also like underwriting 
where that is more so you're dealing straight with the insurance agent. So you're dealing internally. So if you're not a people person, you're still able to work in insurance, but in different entities of insurance. People think that the sales part is the only part of insurance, but I mean, it's a whole system. I mean, we need all of us to make the you know wheel continue to turn. So it's it just do your research and see what really works for you. Um, actuaries is some somebody that really I don't know how to explain it, but what they do essentially is they do a lot of math and they start out making six figures, like off Ooh. at an entry level. And they're oh, wow. the ones that kind of calculate how much your premium is and things like that. So if you're more of a, a math or science person and you don't want to talk to people, that's the type of job that you know you should go into. Ooh. How does that how, how does one become an insurance agent? And I'm sure you've answered this question uh, many a times. Um, matter of fact, I know you have because I did my, my, my research. Okay. But just for our listeners, if you can kind of just let them know, OK, this these are the steps if you're um, interested in becoming one. Yeah, you sign up for a pre-licensure uh, course. I did mine with Kaplan um, and it was online. So it was like self-taught. It was about one hundred and six dollars. I had like some type of discount that I used for that. Um, took me maybe like two weeks to do. And then after you do the pre-licensure course, you have to take the test that goes with the pre-licensure course. After that, you sign up for the state exam. It's For North Carolina, it's about 45 questions per exam. And it's usually about four exams you have to take. Um, they are pretty hard. Less than 40% of people pass the state exam the first time, um, including myself. It was a pretty tricky test. Um, but it, it's not really a long process. You can easily get your insurance license, all of them, within a month if you're really going hard. Um, and the total investment with everything is probably like $500. And you can you know make that back within your first month. Nice. That seems like a viable option for some yeah, people. Definitely. Instead of going to college. <laughs> yeah. And then if you like, you know, want to sell insurance but don't really have any experience, you can go to what's called captive, like you're working for the state farms, the all state, where they start you off with that base salary on top of commission. So that's always a super good option. I see a lot of people that graduate college that go into those type of positions because they want that stability on top of, you know, they can sell as well. Yeah, that's that's actually a really good point. Um, with that being said, would can you kind of share with us like what an average salary would be, um, or ba or average income would be for those that are interested in entering the field? Um, I guess you know what would be like a really good year for someone kind of starting off with maybe like their first one to two years, um, and then what would be kind of like a not so great year. Okay, yeah. <laughs> kind of give so the, people like a range. No, I got you. So the bottom 10% of insurance agents make $27,900. Okay, yeah. The top 10% make I think it's $130,000. Nice. Um and then the median's like 65k. Um but of course if you own your own business as you know, the it's it's limitless. It depends on how hard you work, how many people are under you and, and things like that. But I've seen plenty of people make six figures working for somebody because you can honestly do reverse math. You know how much commission you're getting. If you do the reverse math and say, I want to make $100,000, you see how many policies you need to write per month, per week, and per day to get to that salary goal. Yeah. Mm. So um, you have any funny stories about any interactions that you've had um, that kind of maybe sticks out to you as far as um, maybe any interaction you may have had with some customers. I'm pretty sure you've either gotten hung up or cussed out or something like that um, yeah. in, in your time. Yeah, definitely. Thank God be, uh, with my own business, I haven't had to, I haven't got hung up on anything. Um, that's by the grace of God. But with State Farm, I remember I was doing a life insurance policy for this lady. She was like 24, 25. And, you know, you have to ask about nicotine. And I was like, um, you know, when's, do you smoke? She's like, yes. And she's, she's nine months pregnant. And I said, okay, well, when's the last time you smoked? She said, about 10 minutes ago. And she was <laughs> nine months. And I just want to be like, are you are you crazy? But it's like, you can't, you know, you, you can't jump out and be like, are you crazy lady? Like, what are you doing? And she was like, yeah, I'm due, I think next week and things like that. But it's like, people are really out here harming themselves and their children and they don't care, you know? So that was probably mm -hmm. one of the, a, a crazy story, but a, a, a censored story. Uh, I've had a lot worse, but you know that's probably one that was pretty appropriate. But I was just like, "What in the world?" Like, you're sitting here harming yourself, and you and you don't even care. You're so nonchalant about it, you know. So did she get a policy? Yeah, she did actually. <laughs> uh, it was yeah, it was it was not a super good policy. I was, I was explaining to her, but of course, with her um, health conditions and her smoking and things like that, it's only so much you can provide to somebody like that, you know. So. Mm. 
so my question kind of goes back to like the lifestyle um, element that you were talking about earlier. So while watching one of your YouTube videos, you mentioned how you started off your day with a great breakfast, right? As a busy life insurance agent. And you mentioned that you work out, you take a shower, and then you start your day with a smoothie and a boiled egg. Yeah, I watched all those. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, we do our research here. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I feel a little <laughs> So what advice do you have for the busy entrepreneur on the go? We got a lot of people that kind of live. Gen X is probably, no, you're Gen Z. Z. Gen Z. I am Gen X. Z, X, that's right. X. Okay, okay, I got you. So yeah, Gen Z is probably a lot even busier than even us, right? Because like I think we kind of started that whole like hustle mentality where people yeah. got, they're just like on the go all the time. You got to be doing something. There's all these announcements that you got to make on Instagram. Then you're doing all your social media. And then you got five, 10 different jobs. And then you also don't forget, you're probably in grad school. Like yes. you started, <laughs> like it's a lot going on. And so we kind of started that. So I'm sure that you guys probably like are coming in after us and going even harder. So what would be some of your advice just from like a lifestyle perspective on the entre busy entrepreneur on the go, kind of share with us how you get, start, get your day started um, and what you do to kind of like get into that mindset to get ready to um, start your day and be successful. Yeah. So the biggest thing would be work-life balance. I, I know we can get caught up in constantly working and, you know, we got to make this money. But at the end of the day, if we're on our deathbed tomorrow, we can't take any of this with us. So you have to enjoy life. You don't want to look back 30 years later and be like, I wish I would have went on that trip with my friends or I wish I would have been there for my son. You know what I'm saying? Like you want to be able to enjoy life, but you want to be able to work hard as well. And you have to find that healthy balance and things that I do. I wake up in the morning. I make a breakfast. I usually listen to some music. I kind of dance around a little bit, you know, just 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 get get my blood my blood pumping. Um, and then I just kind of go about my day. I give myself a little pep talk, some positive affirmations and, and get my day started. Um, and that's really all I do. Just keep it simple. And then if I'm feeling a little bleh, I'll switch up the scenery. I'll go to a coffee shop or uh, one day I was feeling kind of bleh and I just went to the beach and worked from there all day. Um, so just different options and you have that flexibility, you know, when you work from home or as an insurance agent, you can pretty much work anywhere. So mm -hmm. changing up the scenery and just keeping it fresh because working at home every day, it can be stressful. It can be draining, and especially with the pandemic. And it's been here for over a year now. You got to keep it fresh. You got to keep it new. Right. I totally agree with you on that. Yeah, I, I, um, I am like slowly but surely trying to figure out how to get out of my regular nine to five so that I can concentrate on um, um, my own business and the fear and trepidation of kind of doing that yeah. is a little overwhelming, especially um, I'm, I'm 40. So there is no beginning in for me in, in my, uh, in my thoughts, there's no, um, Okay, we're gonna struggle and try to figure out how to you know, make it through. I ain't got none of that in me. I had that in my twenties, <laughs> maybe in my thirties, but definitely not at forty. Um, so it's it, it, it's it's encouraging to hear um, young black men like yourself that said, "Okay, no, I'm really going to kind of take it by the reins and kind of conquer some of those things earlier on." So it kind of sets me up for where I want to go. So. Uh, what what would, what would you say is your next um, your next move um, once this particular business has just become kind of sustainable? Uh, my next move would be to like travel the U.S. pretty much and just train and teach, um, and then of course using my YouTube flat platform to of course get those bookings and things like that. People keep reaching out to me about doing a podcast for my YouTube channel. I'm like, y'all are taking me way too fast. I can't <laughs> let me focus on YouTube because it's a lot. You know, you have a business, you have this, that, and the third, mm -hmm. and people always want you to add on more. But just being able to train and just empower people. I have coaching calls daily that I get on with people, and they're just saying, like, I really appreciate you being authentic because if you look on YouTube, there's nobody that looks like us that's up there talking about insurance. Yeah. And then there's people up there talking about, you can make a million dollars in your first year if you buy this program, you know, a whole bunch of hogwash to be honest. And it's like, mm -hmm. I keep it authentic. I keep it real with everybody just because I know what it's like to be on the other side and not really knowing what to expect in insurance. And I had nobody to look at on YouTube about insurance. Yeah. It, representation matters. And that is in every area of our lives. And so hats off to you Thank and you. Um, what, what you're doing. Um, 
can you kind of um, let us know a little bit more about Remedy Insurance and Wealth Builders, um, just so that people, whatever they're looking for, they they know they can get it with you. Yeah. So Remedy Insurance and Wealth Builders, we are all in the in North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia. Um, we can write business insurance in 48 states. Um, we, we tailor each policy to the client's needs. If for whatever reason you have some type of crazy risk that I can't insure, I'm completely honest with you and, and I, I, and I inform you along the way. So people that buy homes and things like that, I make sure to sit down with you and explain what these coverages are because when you have a policy with me, I want to make sure that you understand what you're buying. And if something does happen like a fire to your home or theft, you know what is actually um, covered. And I think that's so important to just educate people. So we do all type of insurance. We do health products. We do health insurance, life insurance, um, property casualty, which is like uh, homeowner's insurance, business insurance, auto insurance, renter's insurance, any type of insurance you can think of. And the cool thing about us is we have over 20 carriers that we write through. So if you're going through like a state form or all state, you can only get their rate. But if you don't like a rate that I give you, I'm able to shop through you know, 20, 25 different other carriers that I'm able to write through to get you that best rate. So I'm pretty much working for the client where so people that work for the bigger companies are working, you know, for the company. You're an agent. There we go. Um, so I'm, I'm sure you, like you said it, you come from, um, serial entrepreneurs and I'm sure family is very important to you. Um, how are you able to balance being a 23 year old, um, business owner, um, responsible for employees, as well as a regular YouTuber, how are you able to balance all of that, but still kind of hold on to what matters? Just scheduling and being organized. Um, I have different systems and, and different planners that I just have everything in and I have to organize. And I, it's days that I shut off and I literally just do content. I do um, scheduling and things like that. So then other days I'm, I'm freed up. And I always, on Fridays, usually what I do is I take off, if I'm not too busy, I'll take off like at 12 o'clock and I'll just have that day in the weekend to kind of just regroup. Because I remember when I was working for other people and I'm like, why do we have to work full Fridays? And now like I have the ability, right. Now I have the ability to not work all day Friday. And then of course, you know, spend time with my family and things like that. Cause I remember when my mom lost her mom earlier this year and it's just like, you know, she's, I wish I could hug her one more time. And it's just like, we have to appreciate our family and our loved ones while they're here. And I mean, yeah, running a business is cool, but never, act like you're too busy to mm-hmm. you know, spend time with the people that you love because at the end of the day, my mom dies tomorrow and I make a million dollars. I mean, the million dollars isn't really going to matter to me. Yeah. You know? So I remember, um, I don't know if you guys listen to rap music, but. Um, <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Did you just try to, did you just sun us? <laughs> I think you just sunned us, sir. <laughs> like he looked wait, us up wait, and down. Wait. <laughs> I don't know if y'all old people listen to rap music. <laughs> wait a second. Wait a second. I feel, wait. First of all, I'm millennial. So we're not that, like, you're not okay. that younger than me. You know, okay. <laughs> I can't speak for Devashi, but hold on. Like, first of oh. all. Oh, so she just came for you, too. See, I really did. That's crazy. Really did. It's fine. It's really not that deep, but okay. (laughs) Yes, we listen to rap music. Go ahead, Kenny. And the baby was saying in one song how he uh, won his first, um, I think, BET award, but his father died the same day, and none of that mattered anymore. You know, don't act like y'all know that song because y'all don't. But uh, (laughs) you said the baby. Wait, who was it? The baby. You know who the baby baby. Yes, yeah, he, yeah. he he named his first album after his dad. Yeah. Wow, look at y'all. Okay, I do y'all research. Okay. okay. No, we just ain't um holding the crap, but we still black. Well, well first off, <laughs> this is first the first off, time I've ever felt this way. Like well, first off, <laughs> his, his first album wasn't named after his dad. That was his like fourth or fifth album, but I'll let you have it. Okay. Uh, it's fine. <laughs> I, I am not a fan fan, but you know, okay. you know, yeah. I still yeah. Go going back to say like you know you have to spend time with people that you love because at the end of the day success is nothing without if you have nobody to pretty much spend it with you know yeah yeah that is a fact so Kenny I um I usually ask the same question at the end of all the podcast episodes but 
I wanted to kind of switch it up this time with you. Um, I wanted to ask you, I usually ask people what type of like podcasts and things that they listen to or books that they're reading, whatever kind of that they use to pour into themselves so that their cup is like full at the end of the day or at the end of the week. Um, so, but I wanted to ask you in terms of just like. I'm still here. Okay. Oh, <laughs> I don't know what her question was going to be. <laughs> Wasn't that great? That's never happened to her. It's always happened to me. Yes. <laughs> I was like, you, whoa. You froze and you were like, and I was like, oh, did he freeze too? Like, <laughs> no, no, I was freezing because like, what just happened? <laughs> You're about to make a good point. I know. Go for it again. A really good point. Really good point. <laughs> so sorry about that. Um. Anyway, so yes, yeah, so my question is to you is uh, in terms of financial literacy and wealth building, um, what are the materials and resources that you're currently using um, just to kind of educate yourself and maybe even refer to to educate others? Like what what books are out there that we need to be reading? What websites are you on? What you know, what, what are you using just to kind of like look at every day to keep yourself um, up to date and as relevant as possible in this industry? So it's really crazy because people always send me like books that I should read, like 10 steps to financial freedom and things like that. But honestly, what I read are like manuals, like how to properly insure or like 10 things you need on your auto policy. I read weird stuff. And even on YouTube, like it's something called a certificate of insurance. And it's a really long document. And anybody that has a business, they have to have one. And I have literally watched that 30 minute video of how to correctly fill it out. So I look at things like that, which doesn't really help benefit me, but I'm a huge nerd when it comes to insurance and that type of stuff intrigues me. And then I look at other, it's a few YouTubers out there that I look at that are um, insurance agency owners and they just give different tips and things like that. I look at that type of thing, but podcasts, I listen to a few podcasts. Uh, mm -hmm. One of my friends has one, um, but hers is more so like toxicity and like, you know, <laughs> yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but of course supporting, but um, I haven't really found a ton of podcasts, but maybe I haven't been looking, to be honest. Sure. Um, I need to get on that more. But, you know, um, your podcast is the best podcast out here. So I was about to say, yeah. we got money to listen to right now. Right. It's the best <laughs> podcast out here. It's, You're like going to be thing. like episode like 13 or 14, actually. So get on it, Kenny. Yeah, I'm going to get on it. Yeah, <laughs> so, Kenny, um. This is my last question. Um, if you could just take a moment to really just speak um, to any entrepreneur um, or future entrepreneur that may be interested in starting their business or um, they've already started and they're just kind of feeling that that lacks type of feeling. Just a couple of words of encouragement that you can kind of speak to them as our closing um, remarks. OK, so any uh, words I would say don't give up. Um, your darkest hour comes before your dawn. It gets better. I always say I'd rather be broke working for myself than making money working for somebody that I don't like. You know, you, you want to be the change you want to see. And always remember your why for starting your business and keep pushing because it does get better. Seek out mentors that are in your profession that are super successful. And, and don't be afraid to ask for help and seeing what they're doing because, I mean, there's no reason to reinvent the wheel. Um, just ask them for, for guidance and mentorship and always remember to keep God first. Yes, sir. Everybody clap it up, clap it up for hey. Mr. Kenny J. Uh, we are so thankful for you taking the time to um, kind of speak with us and let us know a little bit about your story. I think um, it's, it's good to kind of hear different perspectives, um, different age brackets as well, just so people can um, kind of hear um, kind of what, this generation is is moving towards because I, I know um, kind of talking with um, even teenagers, uh, we're talking about 12, 13, 14 year olds is like, well, I don't want to go to college. I want to go right into business. Whereas that that was not that wasn't the direction for my generation. It, we really were it was like, OK, we might have been the very first people in our family to complete college, you know? Right. And so it's like, now it's like, okay, I don't know about college, especially with the people in COVID land. It's like, I'm just wasting money if yeah. I got to stay home. So right. um, it's, it's good to kind of hear from someone who said, okay, no, I'm going to take, I'm going to take uh, my own bootstraps and create something. And so I can have some, some, um, 
longevity over uh, in my own personal um, personal life so that I can kind of be able to, you know, support family, support myself um, and really make an impact out there. And I believe that you really are making that impact. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So keep up what you're doing, sir. Um, Thank you. I appreciate it. Let us know how we can, um, people can follow you, how they can contact you and all that, both you personally and also your business. Yeah. So my YouTube, you can go to youtube.com backslash Kenny J TV. It's all one word. Uh, my email is Kenny J at remedy, like the word remedy. I is an igloo, W is in water, B is in boy.com. Um, and those are, the two best ways to get in contact with me. I'm always happy to talk to entrepreneurs and people that are looking to get into insurance as well. And just, you know, being that voice for them to, to help them get to that next level. Yes, sir. So y'all got it right there. You, uh, everybody who's out there, um, you millennials, you Gen Zers, you Generation Xs, you baby boomers, all the, everybody, because everybody needs some insurance, right. especially our black owned businesses, because that was probably eye opening for me um, to make sure that I am insured, even though I don't, my business is 100% digital. Um, I still don't want nobody suing me because their website um, went down and um, I ain't got nothing to do with that. I'm so sorry. These contracts are locked solid. So if you want to sue me, I want to call Kenny and let him know that somebody's trying to sue me. Kenny's <laughs> uh, not a lawyer, so I don't know why I would call Kenny. But um, thank you so point, much. I feel like I can call Kenny for anything. So okay. Pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. I got pretty you. Much. I got you. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank y'all for joining us. Uh, we'll see y'all in the next one.